feel like Jesus is in the house today? Amen. He's good, isn't he? Amen. It's going to be a good day today. Amen. Amen. Touch your neighbor. Say, hey, neighbor. It's going to be a good day. Touch your other neighbor, the neighbor you just ignored, and say, hey, other neighbor. It's going to be a good day. You see, right now you're probably thinking to yourself, you have an expectation that I was supposed to be on stage. But I decided to change things up today and, and preach from the back. See, your expectancy level when you came in was, you know, maybe the preacher won't walk up to Andy and give him a hug. He will. I love you, Andy. But see, your, your expectation this morning when you walked in was the stage is there for the preacher to stand on, so that's what he's going to do. Well, you see, I think, I think our expectation level needs to be risen. And I wonder today, and you're going to have to forgive me right off the bat because today's going to be one of those days where you leave maybe hating me. I'm not afraid to share what God laid on my heart this week. And so, but maybe, just maybe, when you walk into this place, you're coming in with an expectation level that is so average that you would just expect the same thing to happen to you every week when you leave. And I want to tell you today where we're headed, it's going to be a good day. And you better get your expectation level up because what is to come is not what you have seen. It is something different. And so today... As we have started off different, I want you to understand that you will leave here different and that today God has something in store for you. If, it, if, if you'll let it, it will impact you in a way that you've never been impacted before in your life. And I declare that over you. I declare that over your family today because what is about to happen today is your eyes are going to be open to some things that you have not been able to see yet. There's going to be a harvest that maybe you didn't even know you sowed that you're going to see the reaping of it today. Okay? Are we all good? All right, let's pray because we got to get rid of what we just had. Jesus, we love you. Lord, thank you for today. God, I thank you for the people that you brought into this house today, Lord, because someone is going to be changed today. And we believe it in your name. We stand on that today, God, as we have entered into the reaping season. Lord, we know the harvest is plenty. And today, Lord, in due time, we will see that harvest and be able to harvest that harvest. In Jesus' name, we love you and we thank you. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know why they keep giving me the mic, but I love it. Today, I've, I've entitled my, my, my speech today, Expect It. Everybody say, Expect It. Expect It. Expect It. Expect It. When you walk into a situation that you thought you understood, that you thought you knew what was going to be the outcome, and you don't get what you really thought was going to come, you weren't expecting it. You see, there's so many situations in life that we walk into that we think we know what we're going to get out of it, and when we leave it, we're like, wow, I didn't expect that. Anybody married in the house? <laughs> Anybody have kids? You get married, right? man, my whole life is going to be about sex. Right? Hello? <laughs> Got 
Guess what? You have to pay bills too. I didn't know that. Got a white letter in the mail. Said I owed something. It's like, thought it was just going to be about sex and love. It's not. You have to pay things to live on your own and not with your mommy. You have kids. Anybody have kids? You have kids. You know, you look at all these things. This is great. Kids are awesome. You know, you, you, you see all these, you know, posts of all these moms and everything. And it's, life is great and it's not busy. It's just, you know, you have time for everything. You know, you can take, babe, you can take nine years and breastfeed. Do your thing. You know, yeah, right. Two days and you're like, I'm done. I'm like, babe, we don't have time to breastfeed today. We got to go. She's like, all right, give it up. Let's go. Got people to save, things to do. Got no time for that. You know, you're leaving the house. You're like, come on, kids, get in the car. Roman poops his diaper. What's that? We got to leave. We have time schedule. We got to go. We got things to do. Stop hitting your sister. Stop spitting on your brother. This is done. Get in the car. You pooped your pants again. Come on. We just did this yesterday. We got in the car. We are loading him up, and he was like, I can't get in the seat. And I'm like, why can't you use a poop? <sighs> <sighs> Open the garage. Got to go back in the house. Got to go upstairs. We got to get him changed. Life comes when you don't expect it. See, all these expectations that you've walked into that you think you go to college, you know, college is going to be great. I'm going to go and I'm going to change the college for Jesus. I grew up in church. I'm going to be the same that I was yesterday, today, and forever. You walk into school and two weeks in, you become a completely different person. You graduate school with a different friends group because you couldn't hold on to the standards that you came in with. And now you've become a part of the world rather than standing for Jesus and who he was, who he is who he will be. See, all these expectations that we go into life with that we're able to eliminate from as we keep continuing on. And God today wants you to know, go ahead and get in the position of expecting it. Because what's coming is something that you have not seen. And you see, that's something that we get hung up so much as Christians is that we want to see again what was in the Bible. And Jesus says, don't get hung up on what you've seen but get ready for what you have not seen. Because my miracles are not going to be the same. They're going to continue to be different. God can't heal you the same way he healed the blind man. Why? Because we're in a new day, a new age. It's going to be different today. He wants you to remember the miracles, but don't get stuck on the miracle. Does that make sense? Expect it. Two weeks ago, we talked about the reaping season. The harvest is now. This last week, Landon talked about the waiting period. Hurry up. Be patient. I, I, I believe that God is getting you ready for what is to come. And, and here is what I, I stand by. And this is what God keeps conditioning and putting into um, us as a staff is that the church is going somewhere, but the church has to be united to get there. And until the church is united, we cannot move past where we are. And so God is using these, these, these days that we're in right now to condition you for where we are headed. So I'm going to ask a really daring question. Are you the one holding us back? And I want you to think about this. I don't want you to think of it as a threat. I'm not threatening your Christianity. I'm not threatening where you are with Jesus. What I'm doing is asking you a question that will challenge you tomorrow when you wake up to say, am I doing exactly what God's called me to do in this season? And am I in a spot of expecting something new 
Or have I just settled down into my old expectations and am I just settled into life and comfortable? I feel like somebody needs to hear that today. You've been feeling like there's a cap on your life. You've been feeling like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. You've been feeling like everything that you've been praying for has not come to fruition. You've been feeling like you've been feeling like screaming at God and saying why. And maybe you do. Maybe that's your car time instead of listening to CC Winans. Nobody even knows who CC Winans is. You do. Oh, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Peterson does. She's a good Christian girl. CC that's because mama liked her. <laughs> that's awesome. CC Winans, so good. Grew up on her. She put out some solid music. We woke up every morning to uh, literally Sunday mornings in our house were so loud. When we first moved here, our neighbors called us on a Sunday morning and said, hey, can you turn down your music? We're trying to sleep. Now, I didn't think it was that loud. We just had a youth party the other night. The same neighbors yelled at us um, for too loud of music. It was really funny. But one of the kids, I was telling them the story, and they're like, well, was it loud? I was like, well, I didn't think it was loud, but maybe it was because that was my normal. My expectation of loud, it was perfect. It was what I was used to. But maybe that's not what you're used to. And so, uh, but, but I feel like somebody needs to hear today that, that your life is not capped off, okay? Your life is not capped off. You, maybe, maybe two weeks ago when we talked about the reaping season is now, maybe you sat there and thought to yourself, well, Zay, you're full of it because I'm in such a drought, I can't see straight. I need you to hear me today that God wants you to know that his promises are true and that you are not capped, you are not shut off. The water flow is plenty. All you have to do is Hook up to it. Okay? And, 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 and please hear me. Today is for you. If that's, if that's your feeling, if that's your heart right today, th- that, that is for you today. That, that God has something special for you that you have not experienced yet. That he has a, a, a new breath that's coming, breathing into you uh, so that you can have new life. And today is your day. Uh, in Isaiah 43, verse 19, it says, See, I am doing a... New thing, a new thing, something that you have not seen before, a new thing. Anybody like new? You, you like new? Does anybody like new? I like new. I like new. Now, I have a respect for old, but I love new. I like the fresh smell of new. My mom loves to buy everything new, whether it's food or uh, if it's something that she walks in, it has the little word new on it with yellow blast of paint sign. You know, it's like new. She has to buy it. Well, we just, there's just something about new. There's just, just something about it. You move in. It's, 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 a, it's a new house. Now, maybe you bought an old house, but it's new to you, so it's new, right? Maybe you bought an old car, but it's new to you. Every time you get in, you're like, it's just new, Something about new. Guess what? God wants to do a new thing for you today in the way that you perceive him, in the way that you understand him, in the way that you look at him, in the way that you feel him. Today, Jesus wants to do it in you. He wants to do a new thing. He wants to do new miracles that you didn't think he could do. Today, he wants to do it in you. It's a new thing. It's a new thing. Go on. It says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. 
We talked about this two weeks ago, how when you plant a crop, it has to go down before it goes up. When it goes down, it digs its roots. It gets a root system so that when it springs up, it can spring up with a new life, bigger and better, so that it can hold the weight of the storm that comes. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Everything that you thought was gone, everything that you thought was trash, God has been teaching you through the trash can season. The wasteland was there to teach you, and God is going to make a way through it. You don't have to get hung up on all the trash. You don't have to get hung up on everything that you've been through. See, Jesus will save you from your past and bring you into your future. So everything that you did go through, you don't have to stay there or dwell on it because Jesus said, I will run over you with new life. My blood, let it flow over you. Let, let that old sin be washed away. And today he springs up new life in and through you. Penny, can I share what you shared with me? Is that okay? I don't know why I'm waiting right now to ask permission, but I did. If you told me no, I was going to share it anyways. But I do love you. Um, Penny, Miss Penny is our, uh, she, she's our financial lady, and she, she scares me slash loves me. And so I love her too, but she does scare me a little bit. Whenever I get a call from Penny, I have like a pit in my stomach. Did I forget, a, you know, to give her a receipt or did I not tell her something that I bought? I, you know, just things go through my mind. It's just fear rises up inside of me. <laughs> I don't think I've ever answered the phone for Penny and said, hey, Penny. It's always, hey, what's up? As I gulp back the vomit that's in the back of my throat. And, and I'm going to try to get this right, so if I don't, I think, the, I think the first one was a dream, and the second one was a vision. First one was a dream, second one was a vision. Yes? Okay. So, so Penny got, now this is before I preached last two weeks ago, okay, before I preached the reaping season, before I preached that whole, it's, it's time, the harvest is now, okay? The dry season's over, the harvest is now. Everybody following along? Am I talking too fast? Are we good? Everybody good? Okay. So, so two weeks ago before, she, that week she had a dream, and the dream was her running down a path. And the, walking, 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 don't run, walk. She was walking down a path, and she had her arms extended to the side, and, and wheat, okay, wheat, like wheat, like a wheat field, like wheat. Wheat, she was, the, the wheat was like rubbing through your fingers on both sides. She had her arms out, extended both sides, wheat. And so she woke up, and basically it was a promise from God that was like, the, har the harvest is full, okay, it's plenty. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot to take in. There's, there's a lot. So then she comes to church that morning, right before I preached, and as she's worshiping, God put a sickle in her right hand. Anybody know what a sickle is? It's the thing that you harvest with. You know, it's got that, like, hook thingy, and you, you know, a sickle, right? Okay. You don't normally use one hand. You use two hands, right? You, you use a sickle with two hands. Richie Banker knows. He sickles a lot. Um, hey, they make machines now with engines. You should check it out. Talk to my dad about it. He knows all about it. So, so sickles. Now, God put a sickle in her right hand, but then he also put a sickle in her left hand. And she asked the question. She said, God, you have to have two hands, right? 
have to have two hands to hold a sickle. He said, no, but you're going to need two sickles because the harvest is so plenty. So I asked her, I said, Penny, does that mean my sermon on Sunday needs to be called, you're going to need two sickles? I decided away with that one because it just sounded weird. I knew the only one that would get it would be Richie Banker. But God, God has promised over and over again. The reaping season is now, the harvest is plenty, and guess what? It is so plenty, you're going to need two sickles. Because right now is the season of reaping in your life, wherever you're at, whatever season you're in. And you might be sitting there saying, Zay, there's a cap. Guess what? There is no cap. And if there is a cap, right now I pray it off in Jesus' name that Jesus comes in and takes that cap and removes it right now. There is a season. Oh, man. Okay, we're going to talk about the story of Elijah real quick. Are we we okay to jump into the word a little bit? It's 1032. I am watching the time. Uh, give you a little, a little heads up uh, before we jump into the story. After three years of drought, the Lord tells Elijah it's time to confront Ahab and make it rain. Meanwhile, Ahab's getting pre- uh, pretty desperate to find some water. He calls a guy named Obadiah, the governor of his house. Obadiah is a really good guy. He hid 100 prophets in a cave when Jezebel was hunting down and killing all the prophets. Ahab sends Obadiah to look for a place with some living grass for their horses and mules. To Obadiah's surprise, he bumps into Elijah while looking. Elijah tells Obadiah to go tell Ahab he's there. But Obadiah's like, are you kidding me? He's been like, now I'm reading this. I wrote this. I'm sorry. I I put it down. Whatever. He's been looking all over for you. And as soon as I tell him where you are, the Lord's spirit will carry you away somewhere and he'll kill me. But Elijah promises to stay put. So Obadiah tells Ahab and he comes running. Are you the guy giving all this trouble? He asks. Elijah answers. You're the one who brought trouble when you forsook God's commandments and worship Baal. So here's what we're going to do. Gather all of the Israel to Mount Carmel and make sure those 450 prophets of Baal and 400 that eat at Jezebel's table come too. Everyone gathers on Mount Carmel, and Elijah says, why don't you people make up your minds? If the Lord is God, follow him. If it's not, if it's Baal, follow him. The people say nothing. So then Elijah says, look, there are 450 prophets for Baal, and there's just me for the Lord. Let's have a little contest. You guys take a bull and put it on a pile of wood. I'll do the same. We both pray to our gods, and whichever god sends fire to burn the bull is the real deal. This sounds like a good deal to the people, so they're in. Does everybody understand where we're at now in the story? We get it? We're up to snuff? It was really fast. I'm out of breath. Okay. So jumping into the Bible. Okay, that was a little backstory. Jumping into the Bible. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 26. So they took the bull given them and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal... From morning till noon, Baal answered us. Baal, answer us. Sorry, he didn't answer. Baal, answer us. They sh- I was like, man, the story changed. I didn't, I didn't read this good enough. <laughs> Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a god. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom. 
until their blood flowed. Midday passed, and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time of evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him, and he, he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, your name shall be Israel. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it large enough to hold two, what is that word? See is, but I don't know what it means. Gallons. I like that. Two gallons of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it the third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Then Elijah commanded them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let anyone get away. They seized them, and Elijah had them brought down to the Kishon Valley and slaughtered there. And Elijah said to Ahab, go, eat and drink, for there is sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant, and he went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. Seven times! Seventh time, the servant reported a cloud. Small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. A heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Let me tell you, a heavy rain is coming, and some of you are on your fifth and sixth time back. And I will tell you again, you need to go. The reaping season is now. Go back and look because the clouds are rising up. They're taking off of the ponds, the lakes, the ocean, and guess what? The clouds are starting to form, and a rainstorm is coming, and no matter what you do, God is going to bring fire down. And the rains are coming to water the land. I love this story because there's a few parts in this story that is just magical to me. I love, number one, that, that all the prophets of Baal, they, they failed. I love that. I think it's incredible. I, I, love, I love humor in the Bible. And you know what? That to me is just, it's, it's comical to me because Elijah already knew what was to come. And so he knew in his mind, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and set up a little contest 
Because I'm not only going to prove to you that my God is real, I'm going to make you all look like idiots. You don't think that's funny. I think it's funny. I really do. I think it's funny because, because I, love, I love how intense Elijah is. And I love how his expectation of what God is going to do is not dictating what he does. You see, he could think, man, I don't really know if Jesus is going to answer this one. I mean, let's be real. I, I'm not really sure if fire is really going to fall. But Jesus told me, so it has to be true, right? It, it has to be. I mean, I mean, he promised, so it has to be true, right? So, so he goes ahead and takes it a little step further. Hey, why don't you guys set up your bull and you go ahead and try to bring fire down from your gods? Because he knows in the back of his mind he's already won. Why? Because he already knows who his God is. And I feel like this needs to be said today because I feel like there's some people in this building today that you talk about God like you think you know him, but you don't. And God wants you to know if you will know him on a deeper level, that you will trust him in whatever situation you're in, and you will not run from him when life gets tough. So, so he, he starts a contest, right? Starts a contest, and they're all, you know, doing their thing. Ouch. Ouch. And I, I, I promise you, they probably got so, I bet you they started slashing each other. like, oh, Johnny, I, I, yes, and I, oh, that's so why, yes, oh. Right, so they're, now they're bleeding profusely. And this is just like, now I'm annoyed. Like, watching on Elijah, he's, he's watching on. He's probably sitting over on some comfy lazy boy in the corner laughing because he knows that what they're doing is pointless. And he's probably sitting over there and he's like, dude, these guys, like, what are you doing? You're, Johnny, you just sliced Michael for no good reason. Like, what is this? And I heard, you know, hi, is that? And he's like, all right, okay. You know, you, you had all day. Go sit down. I could just picture it. He's probably so cocky. Oh, I love cocky. I love cocky when it's done for God. And he probably stands up and he's like, all right, sit down and shut up. Take that out of live stream. Go get some barrels of water. Uh, can help me rebuild this altar. So, rebuild this. Okay, dump the, dump the water in the trench. I want this thing to be saturated. It's not wet enough. Go, go get more. Bring it back. You think I don't trust my God? Go get more. I need more. More water. Hey, let's go. What am I paying you for? Let's go. Water. Okay, so there's water. What do we got? One, two, three. We got a lot of water on here, right? You, you 450 weirdos bleeding profusely. Go ahead, put some blood on there too. You might as well. Right? I mean, like, he's just so, he's just, he, let's go. Let's just saturate it because I already know what my God's going to do. I don't doubt it at all. Saturate it. Hey, God. Think you can put some fire on that? Lord, you told me. I did it, and now I trust you. I don't doubt you. 
What you say is what you do. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> Told you. Told you. Fire. Anybody got s'mores? Right? They're just like fire. Like, he's not even surprised because it was, he, was, he was told. So, duh, it's going to happen. There's fire. And, and remember, remember he promised rain too, so might as well go look for the rain because, I mean, he promised it, so it's got to be there, right? Hey, go, go look out because the rain's coming. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's no rain. Uh, go check it again. Okay. Yeah, no rain. <laughs> I looked. There's nothing. Go check it again. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm starting to look like an idiot. <laughs> that was round number three. Just trust me. Go. Just go. Okay. Oh, all right. Lodge in. <laughs> I'm out of breath. Uh, that's round number four. Go again, go again, go again, go again. And on the seventh time, I can just imagine, I can just imagine on the seventh time when, I'm, when Elijah said, go, go check it again. <laughs> I can just imagine that when they came over, and this is, this is what I love about God, that it wasn't a massive rain cloud. At first, it was just a tiny size of your hand cloud. And I can just imagine him looking over and, and seeing just the size of a hand and knowing that what God had promised is coming. And I bet you a million dollars he ran back and he said, The light, it's not big yet, but it's coming. I can see it. It's the size of a hand right now. And I know that what's to come is probably better than what I even saw. And so, Elijah, let me just tell you the promises of God are real. And amen, he's going to do what he said he's going to do. And this cloud is bigger and it's growing. And Elijah says, See, I knew it. I told you what God promised is here and it's now. And in Jesus' name, it's ours to claim. And so I told you, I know you went there six times without seeing anything, but on the seventh time, my promises are true, and amen. What I say is what I do. I do not back away from it. What I promise you, I will come into fruition. How many times are you going back to what God promised you? How many times are you going back? Because Jesus said, listen, when I tell you I'm going to do something, I will do it. I will do it. You've been praying for some all lost family member. God says, I will do it. I promise you I'll do it. You keep praying. You keep being diligent. You've been struggling with the same addiction forever. God says, hey, give it to me. Give it to me. It starts out as a small cloud. You've been praying for something. You've been praying. You've been praying your head off for something. God's been promising you it's coming. Where's Kyle Vogley? Is he in the kids? Is he not in here? He's in kids church. Kyle Vogley, he's been praying for healing in his body. It's going to come. It's just not time yet. 
And that's okay because the clouds aren't there yet. But guess what? We're going to continue to walk back and get our cues from Elijah. And he's going to continue to tell us, hey, go back. Okay, you know what? All right, I'm going back. Okay, all right, there's nothing there yet. But I know, okay, all right, okay. Hey, listen. Hey, Jesus, there's no clouds yet. No, 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 go back. Okay, I'm going to go check it again. Oh, you know what? Okay, all right, all right. What you promised me isn't there yet, but it's okay because I'm going to keep continuing to believe. I'm going to keep continuing to have faith and, and believe that what you promised me is going to come into fruition and that the harvest is now and that the wheat is plenty and that I can reap a harvest that's bigger and that's better than I have ever seen before. And I know that I can't see it right now. I understand I'm kind of in a drought season and that the little cloud, it doesn't even exist, but I can promise you that the cloud, the size of a hand is coming and that cloud will not stay the size of a hand, but it will continue to grow, and it will continue to swell, and as it swells, it will continue to bring in more water, because the rainstorm is not going to be light, it's going to be heavy. It's not going to be one of those rainstorms you just run out, and you're like, oh, and you barely get sprinkles on you. It's going to be one of those you go out, and you come back in, and you're drenched, because in Jesus' name, the blessing is all over you today, and today is your reaping season. The harvest is now. This is one of the first sermons I've ever had fear of sharing. There were so many times this week where I had to go out and just walk and pray because I was afraid of sharing it because there's a lot of weight that comes with sharing a sermon like this. And I knew that if I told you the promises are coming and they don't come, I am responsible of sharing what God has laid on my heart. And this morning I sat in the back of the sanctuary and all I could do was cry and let God know, God, I'm not worthy. And I'm, ah, Lord, I can't handle the weight that you put on me today because this is, this is something I cannot do. I can't deliver something like this because as I deliver this, Lord, what if, what if, what if I don't deliver something right? And, and the weight has been really, really heavy on me. I woke up this morning and I put my back out <laughs> again. I don't know why, but all God could tell me when I was standing in the back was, you're holding a lot of weight. And then, and then, and then, and then I was walking out of worship and Lisa Sanchez, because she's awesome, came over and she said, God just wants you to know he's nodding at you with a nod of, nod of approval today. And that was before I got up here and I promise you this, I promise you this, and I tell you this for a reason, that God will put you in a position where you might not always feel comfortable and you might not always feel worthy, but when he gives you, when he gives you something to do, you do it. And when you do it, that's when he comes through. Okay. Okay, you ready? Number one, the harvest is plenty. Number two, you're absolutely going to need two sickles. And that's from Penny's mouth. And number three, I'm going to need some help because we're going to have to build our barns bigger. 
to hold what God brings in. You're going to have to enlarge your territory to be able to hold what God is bringing in the forefront. Wherever you're at right now, God is pushing you. You can feel it right now. I don't have to even tell you. God is pushing you right now. And he's letting you know that, hey, listen, whatever you have experienced, whether good or bad, let me promise you here that as I push you, you just keep going. Because I'm, I'm going to keep expanding your territory. I'm going to push you out of your comfort zone. You're going to gain 10 feet here. I'm going to push you out of your comfort zone over here. You're going to gain 25 feet over here. I'm going to push you in this direction, and your barn's going to get bigger over here. And as I grow your barn, the harvest is going to get more plenty, and you're going to continue to bring it in. And as you keep reaping with your sickles, as you keep bringing it in, as the people keep continuing to come in, the barns are going to have to get wider. They're going to have to get longer because the harvest is so plenty, and it's so now that it's not a spread out reaping season. It's right now. Now, this reaping season will continue, but the barn has to get bigger now because the harvest is so plenty. We don't know where we're going to store it all. My prayer is that we will have so much money we won't know what to do with it so that it can go out to further God's kingdom. Number one. Number two. And just so you know, number one, that's an amazing thing that God will and make happen in this house. That we'll have so many millions backed up that we see a need, we meet a need. Okay? God's just been getting us ready. He had to bring his penny kind of prophetic that two sickles came to our financial lady, huh? Hey, Kyle Vogley. I was talking about you. We're believing for your healing. It's coming. It's just not time yet. It's coming. We're going to believe for it every day. Okay. London, London has, London has this obsession with with these toys. There's, I'm going to try to get this right. There's Squinkies, Shopkins, there's Num Nums, and there's Toosies. Okay, there's four, there's four toys that London is completely obsessed with. Squinkies, the smallest choke hazard toy ever made. I promise you by that. Squinkies, they're, now I'm learning, I'm learning how to uh, tell them apart because they all look the same. So Squinkies are squishy, Small, chokeable toys. Okay, that's squinkies. And then you have Shopkins. Shopkins are like almost like people but things. So it's like popcorn person, you know, a purse that's a person, and everyone has a name like Poppy Popcorn and, uh, I don't know, Glamorous Purse. It's just like funny, right, little things. So that's Shopkins. Two, you, have, you have squinkies, Shopkins, then twosies. I haven't really figured it out yet because twosies are kind of weird. They're like little midget people with, with uh, helmets on with ears. It's, it's kind of creepy. I don't know really what the whole thing is, but they're, they're, they're twosies, right? That's twosies? Yeah. And then you have num-nums, and who in the world knows what a num-num is? Because it's like this soft shell that comes on this, uh, like, chapstick, glamour, whatever, lipstick stuff. And then you take the gummy thing off. And London, when you walk into a room, she has it all organized, right, in little bins. And, and you can walk in, and she's got our twosies. And so the other day, I was helping her clean up. And as I'm helping her clean up, she's like, Dad, that's not a twosie. 
Like, oh, okay, put it in what bin then? Oh, in that bin. Okay, there's a twosie. Dad, that's not a squinky. Okay, oh, sorry. By the end of the night, I was like, London, look at this. Squinky, right? I'm like, I know these. Like, this is good. Um, it shows you how many times I help her clean her room. Um, oh, and then you have Roman. And, and Roman, Roman has a different obsession. He has a car, motorcycle, and truck obsession. Now, his toys are a little more uncomfortable to sleep with. But let me tell you something. The boy cannot go to bed without a motorcycle in his hand. So he, he, he goes to get on his ladder to go up to his bed. And every night, he looks at me and goes, boom, boom. I'm like, man, dude, I don't know where I saw your motorcycle last. He's like, boom, boom. I'm like, I know we're not going to be able to go to bed without your motorcycle. I get it. So then we got to go search for the motorcycle in the house. Now, me and Brittany have not gotten smart yet, so he only owns like two motorcycles and we gotta go find them. We should just have one hidden in each drawer in each room. Be really wise. We're not there yet. So he has to have a motorcycle, so he gets his motorcycle, a big motorcycle, and he crawls into bed and he puts the motorcycle up by his chest and he cuddles in with it. It's a piece of metal or plastic or whatever it is. And he cuddles in with it and he will sleep with that thing all night. Weird. But he cannot go to bed without a broom broom next to his chest. London has her comfort level. She loves Tuesdays, Num Nums, Shopkins, Squinkies. Roman loves motorcycles. You know, I was thinking this week how uncomfortable Roman's obsession is at night. And I wonder. I wonder if some of you have given up on God because your obsession with him at first got a little uncomfortable towards the middle, and so you just gave up on him completely. You see, Roman has an addiction to motorcycles that does not prevent him from bringing it into his bed. He has to. It's a must. doesn't matter the uncomfort level. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter that it hurts him in the night, that he wakes up with a motorcycle imprint in his belly. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. He doesn't care. He wants the motorcycle. He will sleep with the motorcycle in his bed. And I wonder if we got here in our walk with God. That no matter the comfort level, no matter the imprints that it left on us, no matter the situations that we had to get into that were tough. No matter the situations that we had to get into that were uncomfortable, that made us feel like, man, God, are you even really still living? Are you breathing into me new life? Because I don't feel it right now. And Lord, I feel like you've abandoned me and, and all this stuff. And I wonder if we just got rid of our feelings and replaced our feelings with faith, that our faith would get us through the tough moments, believing that Jesus is who he said he was and that he's not going to change. And so your comfort level doesn't really matter as long as your obsession is there. Is anybody else obsessed with God like I am? No. Ooh. Is anybody else obsessed with God like I am? Because I pray I never lose my obsession over a comfort level that is not the best. Let's do this. Has anybody ever been in an uncomfortable situation and you were serving God during it? You can show me your hands. It's okay to be honest. 
because I know I have. And you sit there and you think to yourself, man, God, I know you didn't abandon me, but man, this feels tough. God wants you to know today if you'll let your obsession with him be equal to your faith level in him, your comfort level will never matter. Okay, everybody stand, because it's already 11 o'clock. But in my defense, they took a lot longer to hand me the mic than they should have. I close with this. Everybody, everybody has a crop that you've sown some seed into, okay? Everybody here, you sowed some kind of seed. I'm going to now give you a little help. You need to find a fence builder. And I know a pretty good one. His name is Jesus. Because if you don't build a fence around your harvest, the animals will come in and try to take it away from you. If you've ever planted a garden, if you've ever planted anything in the ground, you know that deer and fox and all those kind of things, they come and eat what you have planted. Bunnies, ugh. They'll come and tear up what you have planted and worked so long on. Unless you build a barrier to keep them out. Got to build a fence. Everybody say that. Say, I got to build a fence. I got to build a fence. And you're building a fence is saying, God, I need protection. I need protection right now. Lord, I need protection. You know it. I need protection. I need a post there, 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 a post there. I need so many posts, Lord, because my harvest is so plenty. I'm just preparing for it. So here, I need all these posts. And Lord, I'm going to wrap it in fence. And you're going to be my fence, God, because you're going to protect me from what the devil wants to take away from me. And I will not let it happen. I will not let it happen. I had to build a fence around my house this week. Not a real fence, a God fence. Why? Because I'm very cautious with what I let come in my house. Because what comes in my house has the potential to penetrate the hearts in my house. And I do not like some things that come into my house. And so therefore I have to build a fence to prepare a way for them to hit up against to turn around and leave. If you are prepared before it, it cannot penetrate you in it. Oh, nobody got that one, and that one, was, that, one was, that, was, that was right from God. If you'll prepare for it, it cannot penetrate you in it, okay? You need to get prepared. Build your fence. Build your fence. Build your fence. Build your fence. Hey, God, you saw what came in. I didn't like that. I'm going to build a fence against that. 
Right now in Jesus' name, I pray protection around this house. I pray a hedge of protection around this, this room that London sleeps in, a hedge of protection around this room that Roman sleeps in. Lord, you know I'm not playing games. So Lord, I pray a hedge of protection around the room that me and Brittany sleep in. Lord, that it would be a safe haven. Lord, that when I walk in the door at night, I would feel your presence so thick because there's a special peace on this house. Lord, and as we eat dinner around the table, Lord, that there would be conversation that would be healthy conversation. Lord, that we can take and build up these children, Lord, so that the world cannot bring them down. Lord, I pray that as I prepare the way that you have called me to prepare, Lord, that you you would do everything else that I cannot do. And you know what you start to do? You start to till that soil. You're tilling that soil. You're watering that soil. You're getting prepared and you're building a fence to protect everything that you've planted. Come on, every hand raised. Jesus is doing something in you today. Today, God has promised some big things. And today is your day. The reaping season is now. The harvest is plenty. Go ahead and grab your sickle. Because today the barns are going to be expanded. The territory is going to be expanded. In Jesus' name, here's what I want to do. I want every person in this room to lift your voice and I want you to lift your voice in a way that you are <laughs> you're rushing the gates of heaven and I want you to start to believe in a way that Elijah believed that the fire was going to come and that the rain was going to fall I want you to believe in that way that the reaping season that you've been praying for the things that you've been praying for to God for God to bring into fruition will happen today in faith come on let's start to pray here we go let's just take a few minutes here come on start to lift your voices pray pray the reaping season into action everything that God has promised is going to come to pass today in Jesus name Lord God, you've promised it. Lord, we declare it in Jesus' name. We declare it in Jesus' name today. Lord, everything that you promised, it shall be done in Jesus' name. Everything that was, is to come. Lord God, I pray that today, Lord, you would do something spectacular in and through us. Today, Jesus, let it be done in Jesus' name. Today, Lord, let it be done in Jesus' name. Today, Lord God, as we grab our sickles, Lord, as we go out to harvest the grain, today, Jesus, I pray that you would bring in a crop, Lord, that's more plentiful than any crop we've ever harvested before. Today, in Jesus' name, the power place today, Lord God, I pray that you would bless this house today, Jesus. I pray that you would bless the families that are represented inside of it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Expect it. Expect it. Because your expectation of what you used to see will not be what you are about to see. Expect it. Expect it. Expect it. Expect it. The harvest is now. It's plenty. And the reaping season here and now. Expect it. Expect it. Jesus, I pray that you would bless. Lord, I pray that you would anoint. 
I pray that you would pour out today in the ways that you have promised. Do it today, Jesus. Do it today, Lord. Do it today, Jesus. In your wonderful name.